Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. All right. Welcome back to the Mama with a Calling podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're going to be talking with Sandy Cooper from the Balanced Momcast and the Scoop on Balance. And she is a writer, podcaster, Bible teacher, And she's been on the podcast a number of times because I just love her and all of her wisdom. And she has such good information. And one of the things that actually came up during a previous interview with her on the podcast, when I was asking her, like, where can people find you? And I said, where are your social media? And she said, I'm not on social media. And I was like, what? And so that's what I brought her on to talk about today is this feel this, this thing that we feel that we need to be doing as entrepreneurs, that if we're going to have an online business, then we need to have social media as part of it. Yet so many of us do not love being on social media, both personally and definitely not for our business, but we can't quite figure out why we feel that way or how to get away from it. Like maybe you're thinking that you need to have social media, a, a presence of some sort to have a successful business. And today We're going to be talking to Sandy about why that isn't true. And we're also going to talk about other ways to connect and other things to think about when it comes to having an online business and social media. Because if you are feeling like you are addicted to social media, maybe you wouldn't say that. But if you're feeling like I really don't want to do social media, but I feel like I can't leave, that is a a feeling of being trapped, right? And I don't know if it's officially like an, an addiction. Of course, I'm not a medical professional, but that feeling is not a good one. We, God wants us to have freedom. And so we might think, oh, that's silly. It's just social media, but it's not to feel like you are trapped into doing something that you don't want to do. That is taking all of your time and that it is making you hate your business. If you're being honest, right? You're chasing the algorithm, putting out reels and and whatever all the time, because you feel like you have to, not because you want to, not because you are having connection over there, but because you feel like you have to, that's a problem, right? So we're going to be talking with Sandy about her journey through this process and how she went from, you know, loving social media and using it in her business to, um, to actually feeling convicted to actually get off of it. And then what that's looked like her journey, her process. And then she has tips for how to actually do that yourself. And then five reasons that it's prop that we may need to get off social media and that are very compelling. If you are feeling like you can't get off there or you, um, you don't have another option. So this is going to be open to into two split into two episodes. Again, um, this first one is going to start diving into that conversation. And then on the second one, we're going to finish it up and talk about Sandy's challenge where she is starting at November 1st, 2021, 2022, 2021, November 1st, 2022, 
where she is going to be doing a free seven day challenge to get off social media, take a break. So you'll want to check that out by going to the scoop on balance.com slash make social media small. And I'll put that link in the description below. So let's get into the first part of the conversation with Sandy Cooper about getting off of social media. All right. Welcome back to the mom with a calling podcast. Today I have Sandy Cooper with us from the balance mom cast and the scoop on balance.com. She's a writer, a podcaster and Bible study teacher. And she's been on the podcast multiple times because I love her and all of her wisdom. And today she's actually going to be talking to us about social media and why we should actually consider not being on social media and how to break free from the social media hamster wheel. So thank you for being with us today, Sandy. Thank you for having me back again. I feel right. like we are just, we need to just have our own show is what we need to do. <laughs> We're at exactly. that point. We've crossed over. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's just dive in. So, well, let's, okay. Let, let's think about, so social media is something that as entrepreneurs, if you're having an online business, there's this I mean, it's, it's big in your life, probably, right? You either are hearing about social media and saying, I don't want to do it, but it's very, it, people talk about it all the time of, you know, reaching out your audience and, and getting all these leads and all these things on social media. And there's all these different kinds of social media. And then there's the part where maybe you actually are trying it and it's like an algorithm, like you're chasing the algorithm all the mm -hmm. time and it can feel draining and you didn't sign up to be a, a, an influencer of some sort. So um, I want to start there and like talking about what social media is actually um, the role it's playing. And um, maybe let's start with your journey of, of how social media came, like how you've been dealing with social media, because you were a blogger for a long time. Yep. So talk about that in your business and in your life. Sure. So I want, I, I want to open with um, a big caveat that I am not anti-tech. So when we talk about social media, I'm not talking about like using other aspects of technology. So I use a smartphone. I rely heavily on GPS. I use my weather app all the time. I do online banking. I listen to Spotify. You know, I have a website. I have a podcast. So so I'm not talking about living completely off the grid, though that does sound delightful. <laughs> and I would admire, I admire the people who are able to do that, but that is not where I am or what I feel like even God is calling me to do right now. Um, but I started using social media back in 2008. So I started, um, I started my blog in 2008 and joined social media pretty much around the same time. I joined Facebook and I remember the very first day I joined, I remember exactly who I saw because it was such a shock to walk into what seemed like this giant party with people that I knew in real life. I thought, this is amazing. And so Pretty early on, um, you know, the the platform at that time was only like a year and a half old in terms of like people like us being able to access it. And I literally found every person that I could think of that I had known my whole life, like from childhood to up through, you know, this week, I tried to friend every single person. And, and so, you know, I was, I was interacting I was very much, I just dove head first. Now, I just want to say I had at that time an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a one-year-old. And so I did not have that time, and yet I did it anyway. So that that's how I entered in. And then it because I was blogging, um, I realized very early on that it was a, a really great way to share my writing. And 
you know, back then you could just put your link right there in, in your post and people could share it. And it was, you know, it was a really powerful way to, to get my blog stuff out there and people would respond. And I got all kinds of new followers. I actually had, um, back in 2013, I think it was, um, one of my blog posts went viral and it like crashed my site to this day. Um, it's still my most viewed blog post. I, it was something that isn't even my best writing. So I won't even tell you what it is because I don't want y'all to look it up, but, um, but you know, it wasn't just happening to me. It was happening to all online writers at the time. And, um, book publishers were taking notice and they were, you know, they weren't taking notice of me necessarily, but they were taking notice of writers like me. And since I was actively seeking publication for books, um, at the time and publishers and literary agents were, um, repeatedly talking about the importance of building what they now named as a platform. You know, then the, there's this new word, it's it's platform. And, and so now it's no longer just this fun thing for me that where I can connect with every person I've ever known, but um, now I need to actively grow and learn to navigate this thing so that I can try to land a book contract. So by 2016, I'm now eight years in and I have Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, and they are taking up a tremendous part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to keep up with every single person I'd ever met, literally. I'm trying to grow my platform so that I can get the attention of book publishers. I'm trying to keep up with my kids' school. I am in private Facebook groups. Um, my kids are now old enough at this point to have their own social media accounts. My two oldest kids are teenagers by this point. So now I'm actively monitoring their presence. And I was paying like actual cash money to be part of paid Facebook groups. So like that became a thing. So by 2016, I have what I know was like an undeniable and completely understandable social media addiction. Like I was on it all the time. So like I said, I had three little kids when I started and, and for eight years of their lives, I am pretty much treating my social media presence as like a job. And um, so, you know, because I knew that I was addicted to it and I had to start setting some boundaries, I started taking breaks like people do, you know, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a break for a week, or I'm going to get off for Lent, or I'm going to get off for, you know, the month of December, I'm going to take July off. I'm going to, I start doing like January. I start, you know, whatever I would take, go off for the weekend. I would, I was just trying to whatever I could to try to put some boundaries in place around this thing that had, um, had pretty much taken over my life. And every time I took a break, I would be gripped with fear because I was afraid not only would I lose touch with my friends and family, my family lived far away from me. Um, all my family is are in different states uh, since I got married practically. But this was also, um, well, I had to keep up with my kids. So, you know, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to keep up with them, but I was really afraid primarily that I was going to um, lose 
the status that I was trying to achieve because this was the primary metric that the publishers and agents were using to decide if they would you know, pursue me for any kind of book contract. So there was always this like mixed thing. Like I know I need to take a break and yet I have all of this fear. So fast forward to 20 September of 2019 against the advice of almost every person in my industry, the writing industry, I decided to take a one year social media hiatus. And I did that to free up time to write my second book, which is the Bible study that we've talked about on um, your other episode. And that year gave me a taste of a couple things. For one, um, it gave me a taste of what it was like to be off of social media, but it also gave me a taste of what I could accomplish with that time that I was currently spending there. And so I came back to social media a little over a year later. I didn't even, I said it was going to be a year, but September came and went and I just didn't want to come back. Uh, that was over, by the way, um, that year spanned when the pandemic hit, um, it spanned the 2020 elections. So like a lot of the like crazy stuff that was happening on social media, I missed the whole thing. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. That's exactly right. And so I came back. And, you know, I came back with mixed feelings because on the one hand, you know, there's some good things about social media. Like, you know, I wanted to tell people about my book. We had actually moved during that time. We had relocated from Kentucky to Florida. And um, and so, you know, some people didn't even know that we had moved because the pandemic happened. And so we, you know, we didn't even get to see some of the people that we would have said bye to. Um, and you know, I missed being able to see some of the people that I only knew that I connected with on social media. And so, so for those reasons, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back. I would like with new resolve and new, like, okay, I I've been off for a year. I know that I don't ever want to go back to the way I was. I'm not going to chase these numbers. I'm not going to chase the algorithm. Like you said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to have like structured time and I'm going to do it right. And I got back on and, you know, a lot had shifted during that year. Like the climate of social media had shifted tremendously mm. and it was very volatile. And when you didn't, I mean, I think people, whether they were on social media continually or not, everyone sensed that shift, but coming in, like when you, when I wasn't on for that year and didn't see that shift and all of a sudden I came on and I thought, there are people who are like otherwise delightful in real life who turned into complete idiots. Like what in the world? <laughs> like. I couldn't, people like went absolutely insane. And so I thought, okay, I came back on and I spent the, the, those four months I was on for four months and I started really praying and asking God what I should do because I got a taste of what it was like to not have it. But like every person who's probably listening to this, I was led to believe I had to be there. I felt trapped. And, um, and so I started asking the Lord and really making it a matter of prayer. And I wrote out all these like pros and cons lists. In fact, one of the things that I did recently is I went back through just my journals from the last couple of years and tabbed every area where I had prayed out to God about social media. And there's like hundreds of entries where I was just, I was so serious about it. Like I really wanted to know what he wanted me to do, because if this is where the people are, I felt like it was irresponsible of me to not be there. Like, this is where the people are. I have to be there. And at the same time, it sucked the life out of me. And so like, how do you reconcile that? And so, um, 
what I, what I really sensed that God was saying to me was not like thus saith the Lord, get off social media. I never heard that. But what I heard him say to me was, you can leave if you want to, you don't have to be here. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And of course I was scared because I thought, what if I screw this up? Like, what if I lob off a whole part of my audience, my business and these books I'm writing, like, how are people going to know about him? And by this time I had my podcast too. And so I was like, how am I going to talk about it? And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to trust God. And if I screwed up, I'll come back. Like, I mean, you know, it's not like I was going to, I wasn't going to like burn it all down. I thought I'm just going to get off. And so on March 18th, 2021, it felt like a very personal decision to me. I didn't, I talked about it a little bit with my audience, but I just, I, wrote out a blog post. I did a podcast episode and I did a very brief exit. You know, I like changed my profile information on my, on my uh, platforms to basically say, I'm not here anymore. If you want to know why here's, you know, I write about it here. And I, and I just like quietly left. And I thought that that was it. And until, um, I wrote another book and I went on a podcast tour and that's how I met you. (laughs) And, um, And on that podcast tour, as you know, whenever someone is on your podcast, uh, it is customary for them to ask, and how can people find you? (laughs) And that's usually where you share your social media information. And so I would say, well, I'm not on social media, but, and you know, I have my podcast, I have my website and inevitably every single podcast I was on, they would be like, whoa, 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 hold on. What do you mean you're not on social media? Wait, can we talk about this? Like, what? And many of the people like you, we had like sidebar conversations or we had the conversation right in the middle of the episode and they wanted to hear more. And I thought, oh, maybe this is a thing. And so I thought, well, I think I'm going to check with my um, audience and see if it's a thing with them. Because honestly, other than telling them that, I was leaving, I never really asked them, like, do you need to leave? Do you feel trapped? Like, what do you think? Okay, so my podcast and my writing is all for overwhelmed Christian moms. And so I did a survey for them in the spring. And I asked them, I just wanted to understand their relationship with with social media. Now, my audience is not primarily online like they don't have online businesses, but they're moms and they're Christians and they're overwhelmed. And so um, some of them have online businesses, some of them do not. But when I asked them how they feel about social media, 50% of them agreed with the statement that said this, I feel trapped by social media. I want to leave, but I can't. 50%. And I was like, what? Like I knew I felt that way, but I was shocked to find out that 50% of the people that I serve also feel that way and that they felt like they couldn't leave. And I was like, okay. So for the first time I looked at it, not only for me, but I looked at it for the people. I realized this was a thing and that maybe I should talk about it. And so I spent the entire summer rewatching the social dilemma, which I, you know, came out after I'd already decided to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I went and read all the books that I could find. I have like 10 books on social media and the effect that it's having on society and our brains. And I would listen to every podcast I could find. I listened, I read a ton of articles. And from that, I came up with five compelling reasons that you need a social media break. And had I known this stuff back in 2019, I wouldn't have spent I wouldn't have made a hundred journal entries. I would have 
I would have taken the the break much, much, much sooner. So that's how I got here. That's so, I mean, I'm sure so many people can relate to that story because, you know, like you said, social media isn't all bad and it's designed. I haven't watched that movie. Oh, I'm, I'm like afraid to. <laughs> but no. I mean, I guess it, I, like it, I'm sure it makes sense because I was in college when Facebook came out and I remember hearing about this face. It's like 2004, 2005. And I remember, you know, it was all the college kids could get on with their, you know, dot edu. Yep. And um, I just remember it being like, whoa, this is interesting. And when you're in college, you think like you're really busy, but I actually, you know, there's lots of downtime in the mm-hmm. evening. I don't know. I just had lots of time. So you get to, like you said, connect with people and it starts with like those good intentions, those innocent sure. intentions. And, but like, like you said that people were saying this over and over that they want to leave, but they can't. And that to me, it's like, but you can't, that's like, a, that's the addiction side of, right? Like I want to stop. It's like an alcoholic. I want to stop doing this, but I just keep going back. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a can't as in like, they can't seem to stop themselves like from social media, but it could also be like from the entrepreneur side where it's like, you're scared that if you stop, this is like, this, this you have to, like, you feel like you have to, you have to, and that there's not another option. So I love that you're speaking about it because, and there are more and more people, right. Coming out of the woodwork yes. talking about why this is okay. And I'm wondering in your story, when you took a year off, mm-hmm. um, a, like you just, it, I just took a year off. I'm sure that was really hard. Like it was that not was like, really Oh hard. sure. It's fine. Right. You're like going through re- like detoxing yourself mm-hmm. from it, but also did you get a sense for like your business didn't like crumble into nothing? Oh no, not at all. Okay. So, you know, social media is basically like an out of sight, out of mind thing. If you're not posting, people just don't, they don't do anything because rarely are people seeking you out on social media. Most people are just sitting there overwhelmed with their own feed. And when your stuff shows up, it goes past their eyes, just like every, the other thousand things that they're going to look at in the next, you know, 10 minutes. So when I wasn't there, it was like, okay. (laughs) Um, Also, before I left, I'll say this, I I gave people alternate ways to reach me. So it wasn't like I just went dark. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I explained, okay, I'm taking this break. This is why I'm taking a break and I'm going to be writing a book. I didn't know at the time we were going to be moving. Um, but I, I basically said, if you want to reach me, I am still doing my podcast. I'm still available on my website. And if you email me directly and gave them my email address, you can email me. And of course, to the people who know me in person, I'm like, just text me or call me. Like, you know, you don't have to wait for me to, to post something, to know what's happening. And like, if something's happening in your life, I would still love to hear from you. I wasn't trying to shut anybody out, but I was trying to like preserve, I realized at that time I was spending two, and this is conservative, but at that time I was spending two hours a day on social media, like legitimately two hours a day. And it was on all those things I said, like I'm monitoring my kids, I'm posting, I'm consuming, um, and I'm interacting with groups that I'm in. So, you know, when I cut that out, I now have two hours that I can write. And so that was really the clincher for me What in taking that first break mm-hmm. was I thought I need to get this book written. I want to write longer form stuff. I'm sick of writing this short form stuff. And if you know, when you're on social media, you can see your stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see what people are 
engaging with, what they're not engaging with. And I, for one, was getting very little return on investment and the amount of time I was putting there and the amount of um, people responding, you know, it, if if you're one of those people listening and you're thinking, I have tremendous engagement and this is the, I love interacting with my people on social media, then, you know, maybe a break isn't for you, like for real. Like, it, I mean, if it's working for you, if it's not sucking the life out of you, like it was for me, then it, it you might be a person who needs to be there right now. But for me, that was not what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that engaging with people through email or just finding alternate ways to do it um, was more effective in terms of like the kind of engagement that I wanted to have, which I'm sure we're going to get to, you know, towards the end, but, um, but we can talk about some of those alternate ways, Mm -hmm. which I'm still trying to figure out, but no, my numbers did not go down at all. Now, since then, I will say since I left, you know, I deactivated accounts. So Mm -hmm. yeah, those numbers are gone now. (laughs) So yeah. Well, the reason I asked that is because I wanted to, I figured that was the answer. Like you're still here. It's okay. And even if it did go down, it's not irreparable. Like you can fix it. And so it's like that building that email list and your content, which is really whatever your long form content is, whether it's YouTube, podcast, blog, whatever, that's really where people are going to find you. And I think what the reason what I, I asked that because I wanted to point out that we know that we know that there are people that we follow there are people that we listen to there are people that we buy from and we don't really follow them on social right and or if sometimes if we do it actually changes our opinion of like what we wanted to take from them in the first place exactly. like there are people like that where I'm like the more of their personal beliefs and things they post I'm like now I don't want to buy your stuff. Like, because yeah. it's, it's so oppositional to what I believe or something that it's like, or it feels it looks so often left field, you know, that I, it really does impact that. And so I've thought about that. Like there are people that I listen to and I've, sometimes it's literally that I only, only like I seek out their podcast and I just listen to their podcast every yeah. single week. And that's what I do. And when they're buying something, I'll go, or they're selling, they're buying, <laughs> they're selling something. I will go to whatever link or whatever it is. Like it's the social part of it. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as important. So I just wanted to point that out that it's, we think that our audience needs us there. Right. But so many have said that really social media is really about finding those new people anyway. And we forget that too, but it's, it's really that long form content that you want them to have anyway. And like you said, this as an important um, distinction to make that this is really about when you feel like you are doing something kind of against your own will. Like you don't want to yes. be doing this. You feel like you're trapped in it. Like this is not like this, this that's like a prison. It's like you're a slave to social media and God does not want that for us. Yes. And so if it's having that effect on you, that's what this is about, right? Is how exactly. to then go do that. So if somebody's feeling that way and, um, well, let's talk about the five reasons because that's going to be compelling and convincing them. Like what are the five reasons that you found for why taking a break on social media is really important. Yes. Okay. So the first one is, and I've already alluded to it, but it's the time suck. So 81% of the moms that I surveyed said that their biggest concern about their own social media use was the time suck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the average person in the United States spends two hours a day on social media. That was true for me. Um, Back in 2016, from like 2020, 
2008 to 2016, I mean, I was probably four to eight hours a day, realistically, you know, in all the cracks. And, you know, most of us aren't setting aside like a dedicated two hours. We're not disciplining ourselves and like setting really healthy boundaries around it. Most of us are doing it incessantly. Like we're getting on, we mean to go do one thing and like 30 minutes go by and we're like, oh my gosh, I, like, I can't even believe I wasted my time doing that. We all get sucked in. And the thing that we need to understand is that that's by design. Okay. The social media uh, technologists have designed it to be that way. Um, they, this is not your fault. It, there's not something wrong with you that you don't have enough self-control. Um, every single aspect of social media has been put there by a very smart person with multiple degrees behind their names and tons of dollars behind um, what they are doing to, to get you there as much as often as possible and to stay as long as possible. And one of the biggest things that happened in the last couple of years was the invention of infinite scroll. And that was, um, it was created by a guy, his name is Aza Raskin. And that is like, so it used to be when you'd get to the end of your uh, feed, it would say, oh, that's all for today. Like, you know, when you're, when you're friends, there's no new posts, the people you follow. Okay. With the invention of infinite scroll, you will never get to the end of your feed. So when you hop on, you will, lit you could literally scroll for the rest of your life. And Aza Raskin, who is now an outspoken advocate against the technology that he created, said this. He said, infinite scroll makes you spend 50% more of your time on social media. Every day as a direct result of this invention, the combined total of 200,000 more human lifetimes, every moment from birth to death, is now spent scrolling through a screen. Every day, 200,000 lifetimes are spent scrolling through a screen. So, he, you know, and he admits like this was not good for humanity. And, you know, if you're a Christian, which I am, um, Psalm 90, 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Like as humans, we are bound by time and we can't go about our days squandering it as if it's this inexhaustible resource because it's not. Because when you're spending time on social media, you're not spending it elsewhere. And that was, that was the big thing that got me over the hump of whether or not I should take a break. Because when I figured out that I was spending two hours a day and I wanted to write this book, um, what I also did is I did the math and tried to figure out, okay, if that's two hours a day, I wonder how much time I've spent over, like since I joined. And I realized it had been a year and four months of my life that I had spent on social media. And just by the way, for your listeners, I have, I actually had someone create a calculator. So if you put in the year that you join social media and the number of hours per day that you spend, it will calculate for you your lifetime usage because wow. <laughs> I wanted people mm -hmm. to, to see. see that because I think when I thought, oh my goodness, I spent a year and four months of my life. And ironically, that's the exact amount of time I spent on that break was a mm -hmm. year and four months, which I did not plan. I plan on doing a year. And it wasn't until I was talking about this a couple of days ago on another podcast, that I was like, that was the exact same amount of time that I was off. And when I saw the amount of things, like the life that I lived in that year and four months, I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. And so, um, so, you know, when I, when I surveyed the people 
and I asked them, okay, so the, again, I, I, my podcast is for overwhelmed moms. And I asked them if someone gave you an extra two hours a day, like, what would you do with it? Mm -hmm. And 73% of them said that they would read books. 60% said that they would exercise over half said that they would spend more time with their loved ones, work on hobbies, pray, or read the Bible. 40% said they would cook healthier meals and 40% said that they would slow down or sleep. Okay. You know how many said that they would scroll social media? 0%. 0% said, oh, if you gave me two more hours, I would definitely go back on social media. No one said that. And so, you know, my first, my first reason is the time suck, but my hope is that, that by taking a social media break of any length, that you would figure out what it is that, what would you do if someone gave you X amount of time per day? And that you would actually dedicate your time that you are removing social media from your life for whatever period of time you feel like you need to do that, that you would actually fill it with those things that bring you life, mm -hmm. that will bring you health, that will be investing in something that is eternal or something more, something that, you know, even at the very least brings a better return on investment to your business than mm -hmm. posting things that are there for, you know, 24 hours and then disappear. You know, it's, it's much different. Yeah. And I think that the, like, to me that so many women, and I just got done with doing these, all these market research calls recently, but one of the number one things that so many women struggle with when it comes to doing business is finding time to fit it all in. And it's like, yep. if you had 12 hours a week, 10 hours a week to work on your business, that is technically plenty of time to get your podcast done, to get your blog post written, like yep. whatever it is. And if you remove social media from your task, like you were talking about that before, like there's so many things to keep up with. It's it literally companies hire social media managers because it's a full-time job to keep up with all the posts, all the things, all the whatever. And if you remove that and you do the thing that God's actually asking you to do with this connecting with people, I'm thinking about as you were talking about how much better it is for you to talk about things on a podcast and having these video interviews, people can see you on YouTube, whatever, yep. writing in your emails, like you're such a great writer, like the way you write your emails and things, it's so, it's almost like more of a connection yes. than some random, you know, 10 second thing that you did on social media or not you at all. It's just like a steal, like that's not even connecting in the first right. place. And so a lot of us have businesses where we want to help people and we want to connect with those people. And we also are called to be moms and wives and you know, daughters of the mm -hmm. king. Like we have all those things. And it's like, yeah, the, the time that it's taking from us for what? Like that's the thing for what? for what? Like there's no return on investment, not only business wise, but at the end of the day, are you like, I'm so excited I was on Instagram for two hours? Or would you rather say I'm so excited that I spent two hours with my family at the park or whatever? Like that's right. way more important than you spending all this time posting whatever on social media or even this, even just being on social media, right? Sometimes we're not even right. doing anything. We're just doing the <laughs> infinite scroll. And what was crazy when you said that is I was like, it was invented. I thought it always was mm -hmm. because it's such a commonplace that we are just so used to that thing. And so, you know, I think it's sad um, in a lot of ways. It's smart, right? Using psychology to keep us there and all of that. Yeah. And um, and I think that also feeds into our feeling of not wanting to be there ourselves in like this weird trapping because we know what it feels like 
to be there. And like, we kind of don't want to contribute to it, but as business owners, we're trying to contribute to it at the same time and right. <laughs> getting told to use this psychology kind of in a way that's been used against us. We don't like it. And it also feeds like kind of broadly into sales. It's like that like slimy salesman, like, you know, yes. that they're doing something to kind of trick you and you don't want to be a part of that. And that's right. not what sales need to be. And social media doesn't need to be that way, but it is that way if we're not careful. So I just wanted to like touch on that. Um, yes. But yeah, the time is huge and giving, I mean, I feel like it's a huge incentive for any entrepreneur. Like we're driven, you want to be productive, you want to have more time. Like we could just stop there. Number one, like time, it's going to give yeah. you more time, the end. The end. So, um, <laughs> okay. So let's go to number yes. two. What's the number, the second reason? Okay. Number two is using social media makes you depressed, anxious, and lonely. <laughs> okay. <That's> so <laughs> excuse me. When I started, uh, when I started social media back in 2008, I was in in therapy and on medication for clinical depression. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I entered in and of course nobody knew back then that that was the effect that it was going to have mm -hmm. when I rolled it out to my kids, when they turned 13, nobody knew that that's what, you know, we were, it was all about connection. It was all about, you know, staying, uh, it was about entertainment. It was fun. It was supposed to be something easy and lighthearted. And yet we all felt gross and we didn't understand why. And the social media at the time, the social media, and still to this day, the companies will want you to feel like it's you. Like, why can't you handle it? Why does it just make you feel sad, depressed, and lonely? Like, why does it just make you feel anxious every time you get on? It's just you. Like, because this is a happy place. This is a good thing. Okay, well, now we know. There has been a lot of study that has been done, and there have been several studies that have been published in reputable medical journals, and basically they're saying this. One of them says, the more time you spend connecting on these services, the more isolated you become. Another one says, "We know what we know at this point is that we have evidence that replacing your real-world relationships with social media is detrimental to your well-being. So like I knew that when I got off, when I would take those breaks, so I was doing, you know, let's get off for Lent, let's get off for January, let's get off for July, let's get off for the weekend. I knew that when I was off, I felt better. And when I got back on, I felt worse. But now we know why that is. And now we know it is actually a thing. And I have two daughters. I have a 23-year-old and a 15-year-old. Um, I also have a 21-year-old son, but uh, we know now that our daughters are the most vulnerable to this. Um, you know, there it it feels to me, it felt irresponsible to me. Like where I told you before, I felt irresponsible for posting on social media. I mean, for not posting on social media, like if I wasn't there, it felt irresponsible. Like I was not being a good steward of the audience God gave me. Now I feel knowing what I know about the effects it has on mental health uh, for myself and for my girls and for all of these women who are following me, I feel responsible for being there. I mean, for not being there. Yes. Yeah. For not being there. Like I feel, I feel irresponsible if I post, because right. I think I am, like you said, I'm luring them into something that I know to be detrimental to their health. It's not just theory. It's not just anecdotal re re referring to me now. This is actually what we know now about social media. So my hope is that, that 
the women who are listening, like if they would take a break and start to link the connection between how social media makes them feel and let them realize, you know, I want them to just feel empowered to take their mental health into their own hands because they don't, they're not trapped. The reality is you're not trapped there. You really can log off. You really can shut it down. You really can take breaks. And, and, and by doing that, I want them to just experience what it feels like to be free from it for a little while, to create some distance so that they can, if they choose to go back in and engage, they understand with eyes wide open what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. And I, and I was thinking too, that I, when I think about it in terms of depressed, anxious, and lonely, there's a lot of it that, I mean, so many moms feel like, you know, we don't have real connection. Like we're, and so it's, it's very tempting to get on social media. I think you're going to have connection and you can, there are groups and there are things that it can, but it almost like the depressed and anxious part that can happen because we talked about this with other people and just like that as moms, it's cool in some ways that we can kind of rally together and be like, my kid's doing this, whatever. But you also have like a million like ideas coming at you. And it's like, we talked about hearing God in another episode. And it's like, talk about making it hard to hear because now you have all these opinions coming at you and they don't even know you. Like they don't really know you and all the different things they're, the boys are coming from. But I think about business and how hard it is to like, I left my career to come home and start this business, like do this thing. And when you see what other people are doing, that's bigger, better, shinier, whatever than you you're going to feel like you're missing out. But if you think about it, if you are like in your own bubble, like you're listening to God, you're doing your thing, you're chugging along, you have no awareness that you don't have a million followers like person over there. Right. Like you don't, it doesn't matter. And we think that it doesn't matter to us, but we, we do, we care. Like, why yes. am I not getting liked? Cause we are built or like designed to be welcomed and in yes. community and together. And so I think that it's like an irony, right? We go to social media as business owners to learn or to get inspired or to have idea, you know, to see what other people are doing. But in turn, it makes us doubt ourselves. Like I can't post like that. Um, Cause there've been times where I've thought about posting something and then, and I'm sure a lot of people do this. It's like, Oh yeah, I want to share this. It's going to be inspiring. Like it's coming from a place of right. whoever's out there. I want them to get this verse. This verse stood out to me this morning. And then it's like, but is it pretty enough? Is the right. background going to look, do I need to say something else to go with that? Do I need to put my face? No, I look dumb today or whatever. And it's like, you don't, I don't post the thing. And it's like, so it, it just shows that it could be a place if, if I were in the right, you know, mind space to just post and not care. I think a lot of us wish that we could just post and like really reach the people that are out there. But, but going back to what you're saying, contributing to this negative, because even if they're there and we might try to justify it and say, well, I'm putting out scripture, I'm putting out biblical mindset, which is good, but they're still on there and right. they're still going to come back again and again to social media. And as everyone knows, like if you click on the wrong thing, you're going to end up with crazy stuff. That's not even from the people you follow. It's like yep. new discovery things. And so you're still getting inundated with this, this stuff. So it's still negatively affecting them, which is, that's yes. hard to yes. appeal to swallow because like, you're right. It feels almost like it's, yeah, it's irresponsible in a lot of ways to be on there, especially if we're talking to women. Yes. Um, yep. It's a hard one. Okay. Um, what's number, what, tell us reason number three. Those are pretty compelling reasons, but let's, yes. <laughs> number three is. let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> Reason number three is, uh, using social media adverse adversely affects your ability to focus 
and it actually changes the way your brain works. So this is actually a two-pronged issue. One is just the incessant notification situation. So whenever you're interrupted, you know, it just, it starts to change your ability to focus. And, um, and, you know, you could say, well, I'll just turn off my notifications. Okay. Well, that's one thing, but the separate thing is, and we talked about this when we talked about, um, you know, needing periods of solitude, but we actually know now, scientists know now that, the fact that we are incessantly bombarding our brain with like ongoing information that we are never giving our brain a chance to process the information that's coming in. And so it is rewiring how our brains are working and it is destroying our ability to concentrate, to focus, to have like, it's shortening our attention spans um, literally because of the way our brains are, are functioning. Like they're losing their ability because we're not giving it time to catch up. So, so, you know, it used to be 20 years ago, if you took a break from work or you were eating lunch or, you know, your coffee's brewing or whatever, you're just brewing your coffee or <laughs> you're eating lunch. Maybe you're reading the newspaper or, you know, you are driving in the car and you're just listening to the radio or whatever. Okay. Well now like every Every spare moment, I mean, 81, I think it was 81%, it was over 80% of the people that I interviewed um, said that they check social media incessantly. Like it, it is, it's just, it's in the cracks, in the cracks of your day. So, you know, while you're brushing your teeth, you're checking social media, your pasta's boiling, you're checking social media, you're in carpool, you're checking social media, you're in the target line, you're checking social media. And so all the normal information that you took in during the day, your brain is not able to process it. And so it's, it is quite literally destroying your ability to focus. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, as women who are engaging there on another level, well, then we have like added to that, all of that mental um, energy that we are exerting to, you know, how should I post this? When should I post this? What should this look like? All the stuff you just said. And so, you know, again, all of this is backed up with science. This isn't just me. This is all the stuff that I read in all those books. Um, so my, um, my hope is that that by taking some time away that you would give your brain um, the time it just so desperately needs to process the important information throughout the day and that you wouldn't constantly feel like you're on information overload. All right. So that message with Sandy was really good, really powerful, maybe even really convicting about social media and what is going on there and some things to think about, right? Those are some tough things to consider, but they're actually, they're probably triggering you right now. I know they are for me about my time in particular, having time to work on business is the number one thing I hear women talk about. And this is going to free up so much of your time. So join us next time for the remainder of this conversation about how to get off of social media and how to, how to take a break to reclaim um, your time, your energy, your mind, et cetera, and how to do the things that God's wanting you to do in a social media free way. If that's what you're wanting to do, that you're feeling like you're trapped, but you can't, the remainder of the conversation is going to help you do that even more. So join us next time for the second part of this conversation with Sandy Cooper. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, 
Are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.